Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls his body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. The Lord has been really pressing upon my heart um, that we're, in, we're moving into a season where God is going to be drawing the body of Christ together in unity like never before. You know, we, uh, we read a scripture the other day um, in Ephesians 1 that tells us about Jesus is coming back to bring unity uh, in all of creation, in heaven and earth. He's coming to bring unity to all things. And, and so for that to happen, I believe that he's starting to stir and move. And Vostam Inn is just such a perfect example of that, of how it was a, a vision and, and dream of this church and Ben and Rachel and Jess and Clayton. But he was working somewhere else in different people's hearts. And they, had, they all came together and they had a common vision and so the unity that I believe God is talking about is a lot more than, than what we've seen in the past where it's, yeah, we're working hard just to get along with each other as the body of Christ. I believe we're, start to, we're, we're going to begin to move into a season where we're going to have the common vision to be able to lay down whatever things might have divided us in the past and, and move forward. Uh, how many believe that that's what God wants? Amen. All right, you're not going to be quiet on me today, are you? Um, one of the things that the Lord has been speaking to me about is for that to happen is that each and every one of us has to start to function in this, uh, this rhythm of God that He has for us or this, this flow of the Spirit. And, and I've been talking about that over the last several weeks, and we're going to talk about it again today. Uh, this last week... Uh, of course, spring break, it's, it's really busy. I, I went up and worked at the ski area, which I always do during Christmas and spring break. And uh, it was crazy. Monday, there were people everywhere. And, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where literally you're trying to, to teach a class and you're trying to protect yourself and you're trying to protect the people that you're teaching, you know, children or adults or whatever. And it's just a zoo. There's, there's people all over the place and they're screaming out of control. And, and it's just a zoo. And so you spend the whole day, you know, just sort of doing this. And, and after I woke up Wednesday morning, and I've been getting up early and, and spending time with the Lord and coming down here to minister or uh, pray a little bit. And, and I got up Wednesday morning, and I was like, Lord, it's just been so chaotic. Um, I want to be able to really stay focused on you. And it was just so busy that day. I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't praying those two days. I certainly was. But it was just that chaotic stuff where I was just, I was trying to keep Lord in the picture, but I was just trying to survive and, and protect the people around me. And, and so I'm, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, I want to be able to really be used of you today. I don't want to just be so busy and so, you know, just 
trying to survive it. And so I just said, would, would you give me some divine encounters today where I can be a part of helping you? Because that's what I felt like the Lord was, was urging me to pray. And so I got to work that day, and um, I, my supervisor decided he was going to give me this this class, and I'd been doing, I, I do a lot of stuff, I'm like a utility guy, right, I mean, I go up there, and I've done, done this for 44 years, and, and so I can do about anything, and so I'm not on the same schedule any of the rest of the instructors are, I just, they just throw me where they need me, and he hands me this class, and he's telling me what a great class it's going to be, because this, this lady is really attractive, and, and that used to be a big thing, you know, when we were younger, and my question is not, are they attractive? My question is, can they stand up? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what I'm worried about anymore. Um, anyway, I got with this, this young lady, and, and we began to work together, and, and she'd had a bad experience before, and so she was, she was very, very tentative, and, but she's in good shape, and she had good balance, and so it wasn't very long at all until I had her, you know, turning and in control, and so, and we've been talking this whole time about just just stuff. So we went on to the next slope, and when we got up there, as many times will happen, fear will grip somebody. She told me before we got on the chair, I'm deathly afraid of heights. And I'm like, okay. You know, I said, I've, we've dealt with that. I said, we can handle that. And so we did. We got on the chair, and everything was good, and we get up there, and, and it, as we start to come down, she's just so so rigid in fear that she can't hardly move and we had a really difficult first run down we got to the bottom and I was like uh, in fact before we got to the bottom we had a conversation and, and she found out that I was a pastor and she was really excited about that and finally it was it got to the place where and I don't normally do this but I said do you care if I just pray for you and she was like oh yes please and, and so we prayed for a minute and and I got her to the bottom, and then I, I was like, so what do you want to do? Do you want to go back up or not? And she said, well, I guess I'm going to have to try to face these fears. And so we went back up. Well, as we began to talk, uh, we got on the chair. And one of the things that I'm learning in ministry is, is let's identify what we're afraid of. And so I said, what are you afraid of? And she said, everything. I'm like, okay. And this lady is a believer. Um, she had just been on a year-long sabbatical. She's a professional uh, woman, and, and she had just she had just she's had children and a husband, and, and she's you know successful. And she said, "I took this year off, and, and it just got so bad for me." And she went, "This year has been horrible." I'm like, "Well, how come?" And we we begin to talk, and, and the point of this message or this story right now is this young lady was ate up with fear. The spirit of fear had gotten a hold of her to a place where she's intelligent, she's gifted, she, all these things. And she, was, she told me at one point, she said, I just want to find out what my real purpose is, and I don't feel like I'm accomplishing that. And the light went off because you don't have to be in ministry very long. And because she is a professional woman and worked really hard, you know, and she's an attorney. And, and, and so I said... I said her name, and I said, you know, we don't get our identity out of what we do. We get our identity of who we are. And, and I began to say, I said, your, your biggest responsibility, other than your, just your personal relationship with Jesus, is your children and your husband. I said, if you, and that's your husband's responsibility just as well. 
I want that's your main responsibility, and out of that will flow life. Out of that will flow flow ministry and, and your career and all those different things. And it was just amazing to watch her body language as she just began to realize that that truth began to sink into her. And we began to pray and talk about fear. And it was just one of those exciting times when in just a couple hours I was able to just be a part through the, the Spirit of God to, to help someone realize they just were focused on the wrong things. And so I share that because we're going to talk about this morning um, functioning in the flow of the Spirit. We're going to continue to talk about if we're going to walk in unity uh, the way that I believe God is, is calling us to in these last days, uh, we've got to be in unity with Him first and foremost. If, if Lainey and I are not in unity in our marriage, I can't be in unity with God and be uh, in division with my wife because we're one. That doesn't mean we always get along perfectly or everything, but, but we've got to be in unity. We have to be walking. And so the Lord is trying to, uh, trying to help us identify right now the things that are causing us to not be flowing the way that He really has designed each and every one of us as a believer to flow in. Okay, and, and I shared that story about driving in that big windstorm the other day. You just have to turn. If, I had a tailwind. It was awesome. A huge storm, just peaceful, smooth, cars like driving himself. You turn just a little bit, and all of a sudden it's turbulent, and you're fighting. And that's what's going on in a lot of our homes and in, in, in people's lives right now is we've just gotten just a little bit off, you know, maybe from things in the past, maybe from hurts, maybe it's unforgiveness. It doesn't matter what it is. This is a time of correction that God is bringing to the body to get us focused and, and heading in the right direction. So regardless of the storms that are going on in our lives, we can walk in peace and we can walk in power. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I'm not sure you guys believe me. <laughs> You know, I know that a lot of us are in really difficult times in this body right now. And I believe part of it is because the enemy realizes that God is starting to bring his body in for this last final move, I believe. And I believe we're going to see revival. I think when the body begins to truly function in, in, in unity... We're going to see this, the lost saved. We're going to see the unchurched reached. We're going to see people healed and set free because of the power of God. And, it's, and I just love that Jess and Clayton are sharing this morning because that's it's such a great picture how God takes all these different things that we don't see happening and He brings it together and it's way bigger than anything we could ever do ourselves. And He has the same, the same call and the same plan for you. Maybe different ministries, but he has a plan and a call for you that's way bigger than anything you've ever dreamed. Do you believe that? Yeah. There we go. Now we're getting there. All right, so um, I thought I was going to preach on marriage today because marriage and family, if we're not walking in unity in that, um, you're not walking in unity with God. And I realized in marriage, sometimes one of you is trying and, you know, there's a spouse that maybe he's not. Uh, Paul says, you know, I'm just going to... I'm going to do everything I can uh, to walk in peace with everyone as far as it depends on me. And so we're going to get into all that. Lord uh, really challenged me this last week. Starting April 15th, we're going to do a series on marriage and family. I'm going to be interviewing some of you guys on video, and we're, I'm going to be talking to some people, my friends out in, in uh, 
the other churches. But we're going to, and, and it's going to be a very safe environment. So the idea is if we know, if you know a young couple that's having a baby or they're getting married or whatever, and they need help and just need education, this is going to be uh, on marriage and family. How to, how to be married, how to have a successful marriage, how to have a successful family. You might say, uh, you know, well, we've been there and done that. We're retired. Yeah, but we need to equip each other so that we can, we can minister to these, these young families because God wants the family's unit brought back together. That's going to be a part of his move of unity. Do you agree with that? So be praying about that. I'll probably be approaching some of you. And I'm not looking for the people that had perfect marriages or the people that are, have got it all figured out. I want people that are in the middle of, of trials and tribulation. We're going to talk to you as well and do interviews and stuff so that people can see even in the midst of a trial where God is working in their life. Okay? All right. Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. We're talking about flowing or functioning in the, in the spirit, okay, the rhythm of God. Um, and so I want to read some stuff to you. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of time, so I'm going to move through this very quickly. But there is some incredible stuff in, in the book of Romans, and especially in, in chapter 8. It starts out, verse, or chapter 7, remember, he's, had this, this, he's describing the battle where, I, you know, I want to do the things that, I, that you call me to, Lord, and I, when I want to, I don't, and, and all this different stuff. And, and he finally just says, thanks be to God that through Jesus Christ I'm going to be able to accomplish this stuff, basically is how he sums it up. Then verse 1 says this, therefore... So he's moving on with this same thought, okay? There is no what? Condemnation for those who are in... Say two things, condemnation and Christ Jesus. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's one of the most encouraging verses that I can read in the Bible. Because condemnation is one of those things. If you've been condemned to death and you're on death row, you are waiting for that to happen. Well, you know what? Sin and, and the flesh and death have been condemned by Jesus. They, are, they have not been killed. He killed them, but they're still around, but they are condemned, and they're on death row, and they're getting ready to go where they belong. Is that right? So there's no condemnation in us, but listen to this. Because, he's going to explain why, because Christ Jesus, the law, uh, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit. How many of you knew there was a law of the Spirit? What is that law? Love. Right? That's the, that's the new covenant law is we are commanded to love. So the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Okay? For what the law, the law of sin and death was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, to be a sin offering. All right, so Jesus came. He accomplished the law. There was nothing wrong with the law. The flesh is what killed it, okay? The, the flesh is what made it ineffective because we could never keep the law. Jesus came, fulfilled the law, and now we're under a new law, and it's the law of love, and there's no condemnation in it. Somebody ought to be excited. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. So then he goes on. Um, in the middle of this verse 3, and he says, And so he, that's Jesus, condemned sin in the flesh. There's where the condemnation went. It came off, off of us, and it went on to sin in, in the flesh. And it is now condemned, and it is on death row, and we are not. Amen? Amen. 
All right. So, he condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4, in order. Now, this is interesting. In order that the righteous requirements of the lie might be fully met in us. And then he makes something, kind of an interesting statement that kind of starts to trip us up. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Then all of a sudden, when we read that, we start thinking, "Uh uh-oh. So the last time I got in the flesh, does that mean that that the condemnation is now going to come back? Is that death sentence coming back on me? Well, he's going to explain that to us, okay? And I can tell you right now, no, that that is not the case. But... We, we're called to do something. So listen to what he says from verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Okay, how, when was the last time you set your mind on something? You know, we set our mind that tomorrow night we're going to watch The Voice if we can. You know, we love to do that kind of stuff. Do you ever change your mind? Okay, so what does it mean to have your mind set on something? that it's That's the direction I want to go. Okay, that's something that I want to do. And so... Having your mind, so he's going to talk about the mind for a minute. He says, those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the, the flesh desires. Okay? So that's a mind thing. Those who live according with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So we have the Spirit and the flesh. The white dog, the black dog. Okay? <laughs> Good and, and evil. We can focus on either one of those we can't focus on them all, both at the same time, but we can change our focus very quickly. Is that right? Yeah. You know, and Wednesday morning was not necessarily that I'd been focused on the flesh as much as just survival, but on Wednesday morning, I'm like, you know what, God, I want to get back where I'm functioning in your strength. And I hadn't done anything wrong on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, but my focus was all of a sudden, I was like, I'm, I'm getting out of rhythm here. I'm so busy. I need to refocus. And so, I was able to change my mind, okay? So, we can change our minds, right? So, he's talking about when our mind is set on either the flesh or the spirit. Then he goes on in verse 6, and he says, when our minds are set on verse 5, it's when they're set on the flesh, we, we, uh, we're accomplishing what the flesh desires. When our mind's set on the spirit, it's accomplishing what the spirit desires. Verse 6 says, but the mind governed by the flesh is death. So all of a sudden, if I continue to keep my eyes on the flesh and, and what the flesh desires, and I continue to live in that and don't repent, don't start turning back, don't, I don't have somebody that loves me enough to step in and say, hey, what are you doing, man? Then all of a sudden, my mind isn't just set on that. All of a sudden, now this flesh is beginning to govern me. All of a sudden, I'm starting to give it authority in my life. Although it doesn't actually have any right to have authority, I'm handing that over to the flesh or I'm handing it over to the Spirit. And so you walk in that rhythm of God and you continue to hear Him. You continue to, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We're gonna, he's going to help us. But if we just focus on the flesh and just continue to do that over and over, pretty soon it starts having authority in our lives. And that's not a good thing, right? But if we continue to focus on the Spirit, all of a sudden He has authority and we're moving in the flow of God. So we're moving against God or we're moving with God because He says those who live by the Spirit, um, excuse me, the mind governed by the flesh, what does it end up doing to you? If you follow the flesh long enough, what will it do to you? It will kill you flat out. It's not going to kill your spirit, okay, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but it will kill you. It will cause you 
to just continue to make bad decisions. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but it but sin kills. That's what it that's what it's it's designed to do. So the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is what life and peace. How many of you want life and peace? Everybody. I don't know anybody that doesn't want life and peace. Even people that like to argue all the time really want life and peace. We don't want to live contentious lives. That's not, we're not created that way. But the key to this is all what? It's in Christ Jesus, right? And my focus, I can have a life of death and, and pain and sorrow, or I can have a life with pain and sorrow, but I have life. I have peace because I know I can trust God. Amen? Amen? And regardless of what we're going through right now, and some of you are going through really difficult times, including Lenny and I, we know we can trust God. And we know that His Word says, I'm going to work this out for good. Amen. It's a promise, you know? And I, I, don't, I don't let the enemy lie to me anymore. When I, that poor lady that I had been ministering to that, that morning... She had been hearing the lie that she was no good, she wasn't, and she was successful. There was nothing wrong with this lady. And in her skiing, it was the same thing. She could do everything, she was technically, did everything right. And fear had gripped her to the place where she could not function anymore. And so we, we, we can walk in the power of, of love. And God says, I didn't give you a, a spirit of fear, okay? But it's all, all of a sudden, we're letting our minds be governed by either the flesh or the spirit, okay? All right, but he's not done. He goes on, verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. In other words, when I'm, I'm now beginning to allow the flesh to govern my life, and I've given it authority, I, I'm now not just not hearing God, I'm beginning to resist against God, not even knowing it. Perfect example of this young lady. She was, she, she was so caught up in fear, she was no longer even able to, to be ministered by, to, by God because she just was so deceived and so caught up in these things. But God said, I'm not going to leave her there any more than He's going to leave you or me there. So, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. What is the law? Love. Right? Unconditional, lay down my life kind of love. Verse 8. All of a sudden, he's going to make one more shift. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Now, all of a sudden, we've gone from a mind that's set on something that can be changed to a mind that's being governed by something that's now all of a sudden, it's, it can still be changed, but it's, it's a lot different deal. Now all of a sudden he goes to the realm. And there's the realm of the flesh and there's the realm of the spirit. Let's look over here, um, keep going on verse 9. He says, those, uh, verse 8 says, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So what dictates which realm you live in? Good question. Verse 9. You, say, that's me. That's me. <laughs> that was awful. Say, that's me. That's me. All right, now, this is important. This is you. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed, what? 
So what determines what realm you live in? Whether Jesus lives inside of you or not. It doesn't determine whether I had a good day or a bad day or whether I've been getting caught up in things that I shouldn't be. I am saved and born again, and my spirit is seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus because of Christ living in me, not because of anything that I did or did not do. Once again, really good news, right? Yes. All right, really good news. So let's talk about this, this realm for a minute. You are not in the realm of the flesh, but the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Remember when Jesus is talking about one of those scary scriptures to us that says we get to the end and, and all of a sudden he's separating the sheets and the goats and all of a sudden he goes, get away from me, I didn't know you. You're going, but God, I prophesied, I, I, I did all these miracles. And, and Jesus says, no, I didn't know you. That's... This verse right here is what sets your mind at ease. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, when you stand before the judgment seat, you're going to be brought into the kingdom because of Christ in you, because we're the same blood. Right? We're the, we're the same blood. We're family. Now, does what we do matter? Absolutely. In fact, we'll talk about that in a second. But if Christ li is in you... Uh, if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, all right, our bodies are subject to death, right? We, are, we all know this baby is going away, all right, someday or another. Thank God. I'm so glad that we don't have to live forever in this broken body right now. You young people, you just trust me, you're going to see that when you get older. Now you're like, oh, what? <laughs> well, one day we're going to have perfect bodies. But our body, you know, we are. And, and this young lady that Wayne was just praying about, she's close. My sister-in-law is close. We've got a lot of, of loved ones and friends, and we keep thinking we've lost them, and then we haven't lost them. They've gone on ahead of us. We've got to keep that in, before us. Ed Yeager is celebrating in heaven with us. Amen? He is celebrating, waiting on us. But, verse 10, if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness, right standing with God. That's what righteousness means. Verse 11, and if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, we're in that realm, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. Sooner or later, this body is going to wear out. But you know what? God says, you have the authority. I've, through my stripes, because of your, my Spirit living in you, you don't have to live beat up and, and destroyed all the time. He, he accomplished our healing. Eventually, we are going to die. Yes, we know that. This body is. We're not going to die. But we don't have to live miserable here on earth. Amen. It's good news. Therefore, verse 12, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Everybody say, I have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the Spirit, you, um, but if, excuse me, I'll try to read this <laughs> instead of guessing. But if by the Spirit you put to death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. 
For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Then he goes on and says, and I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Okay, but of power, love, sound mind. He's given us hope. He's given us life. But we have to be willing to be able to, to move in that spirit. We have to be able to move together. The picture of unity that we've been talking about. Let me go back for a second. Remember that I think we read this Romans 8 sometimes and we read it chronologically and we get it upside down. The foundation is the realm that you were that you now live in because of Christ. If you have Jesus in you, you live in the realm of the Spirit, and that is life. And if you do not have Christ Jesus in you, if you've never accepted Him as a Lord and Savior, never had that personal relationship, you are living in the realm of death, the flesh. It's, that's the foundational truth. Off of that, then all of a sudden... I can get focused on something for a while, and I can get caught up. I know believers that are born-again believers that have walked away from God, but He never has walked away from them. And He says, you know, I'm never going to leave you, and I'm never going to forsake you. Will you be miserable on this earth? Yes, you will. Okay? Because our decisions matter. What, these, what we set our mind on, what we allow to govern our mind makes a difference not only in our lives, but in the lives of all of us around. Remember last week we talked about, Jesus is talking about um, the unity of the body. We, we wrote, uh, quoted scripture, one, Psalms 133, how, how good and pleasant it is when, when God's people live together in unity. And we talked about this, this unity that, that's in uh, Jesus' prayer when he's praying for us. And he says, the reason I need them to walk in unity is so that the world will know. They're going to see us walking. We're going to see us laying down our lives. They're going to see us giving up things to putting other people in front of us. And they're going to, it's going to draw the world. See, we're not going to have to go to them. They're going to come to us. But we have to be walking in unity. And if I'm not walking in unity with God then I'm not going to walk in unity with my wife or with my family or with my friends. There's no way. I, it's, I can be moving in the right direction, but I'm not going to have the power that we were talking about this morning upstairs. Humility is when we're putting someone else above ourselves and saying, you're more important than my desires. I'm, no one is more important than anybody else with God. We're all His children. But all of a sudden, I'm saying, Brian, you're more important than, than my desire to do this or to do that. I'm willing to lay down my life. And when we all realize that the big picture, whether it's Bos Tambien or whether it's a matter of ministry you're involved in, the big picture is Christ is coming back to bring unity to all things, both in heaven and earth. And his desire is to have all of his children. And there's a bunch of them out there that are, that are unchurched or, and have never heard the good news. And what we do makes a difference. Amen? And so this morning, I'm going to be asking our intercessors to come up. In fact, why don't you come on up right now? I wanted to read a scripture to you real quick out of Proverbs um, 17. I actually did this out of order, but I want to read it to you anyway, just because I can. 
We're talking about the realm of the spirit and the realm of the flesh, right? Okay, listen to this little verse in Proverbs 14, 11. It says, the house of the wicked will be destroyed. What do you think of when you think of a house? It's more of a permanent dwelling, right? Now, the wicked are people who do not believe that God loves them and are unwilling to receive the love that he has. That's a description of what wicked people are. They have never accepted Christ. And their house is going to be destroyed. That's, Solomon got this, this revelation uh, long before we ever came along. But in the second half of this, the tent of the upright will flourish. See, we don't live in houses spiritually. We're going to a home that's being prepared. We live in a tent. This body is a tent. It's temporary. And it's gonna, God says, I'm going to bless it. I'm going I'm to do everything I can. But we are on our way somewhere else. We're going to our true identity and destiny in Christ. And the lost that have not ever heard or received that love of Christ, they're headed for destruction. And so what we do matters. Amen? So this morning, I want to challenge you, as I have been for a while and I'm going to continue, is, is the Holy Spirit showing you something that's holding you back? Is there division in your home? Is there unforgiveness from someone from way back? Because we can't function in the full rhythm and flow of God when we have these things that we're not willing to let go of. And so I'm just asking, I want to just pray for just a minute right now. Father, we just come to your throne of grace. And we thank you for your word and we thank you for your truth. But God, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, would you begin to reveal to us, each and every one of us, things that are holding us back, things that are preventing us from walking in the full freedom and the full love and the full power that you have for each one of us, that's keeping us from walking in unity. So Lord, would you just reveal that to us so that we can put it in the light and you can take care of it for us. You've already forgiven us for it. So we just, we just ask you, I, just, I want to stop for just a minute. And just, Holy Spirit, would you just speak? And if something came to mind just now, you can look back up. The great news is, God says, just give it to me. You don't... The first step is just to give it to me and trust me with it. And I'll take care of it. You may need to pray with one of these intercessors. Or you may have a loved one. A daughter, a son, a husband, a wife, a family member, friend, whatever. That we want to agree together for. But there is a move of the Spirit that's coming. There's a unity that's coming. And it's coming. It's going to get here. It's coming. But we all want to be able to, we don't want to hinder that move, right? We want to make sure we're a part of that move and we're touching lives. Just, and this week I challenge you in your, in your quiet time, be listening. One of those mornings, you know, after that Wednesday morning, every day after that, God opened opportunities for me to minister to people. And I'm not up there, that's not my job. I'm up there to help with ski school and I, I do that because I love doing it, and I, but you know, God will open doors. And he does it in a way where I don't have, I don't offend and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting sideways with leadership or something. 
But every day, God gave me opportunities. And it's just because I was willing to stop one morning and say, man, there's got to be more to this. I, I want to be used by you. So these guys are here. They're here to pray with you, to encourage you. Um, and again, who knows what you need prayer for. Uh, we want to pray for people that need healing. If you've got something going on in your body. Uh, anybody got anything going on in their body? Of course, nobody in this room. <laughs> then come up and let these guys pray with you, would you? I want to I want to lift up and name some of you old-timers that will remember. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to call you old-timers. Man. I'm one, too. Uh, Ronnie Lee. Ronnie Lee is a young man that was in prison, worked for me and many of you guys, and, and he went to prison and, and got saved in prison and went into prison ministries, and, and God has really used him and just brought his family together. And Ronnie is struggling with cancer in his nose and his mouth and all around, and there's it's not going well for him right now. They're doing skin transplants and whatnot, reconstructive stuff, and it's not keep seeking. So, Lord, we just lift Ronnie up to you and all of our, our friends that are struggling and, and hurting today. But, Lord, I ask you right now to bring healing into this body, into the people here, whether it's emotional, mental, spiritual, physical. Father, that we walk out of here changed and when we go out into, the, into the, the calling that you have for each one of us, that we walk in the joy of the Lord, in the flow of your spirit, and in power and in love. So I pray blessing over each and every one of you in Jesus' name.